What's going on, y'all? The great Vincent James is back on El Nino Speaks. How are things going with you, Vincent? Good. Things are going great. Awesome. Now, for the new listeners to my show, Vincent, give them a brief summary of your body of work. So I am the founder of dailyveracity.com. I'm also a, the treasurer for the America First Foundation. And uh, I've been doing a, a show online for years now. Uh, it used to be pretty big on YouTube before they, they censored me. They censored me in late 2020. I think it was for medical misinformation is what the, huh. is what the email, the official email said. That was the official verdict. Medical misinformation. It just so happens that years later, I was right about everything, vindicated about everything that was considered to be medical misinformation uh, back when they took my channel down. But uh, we started out as a website. It was uh, theredelephants.com. Maybe a lot of you guys remember. That website is, is no longer. Now we're dailyveracity.com. And so we've been doing a political show, a political podcast for years and active in politics for, for longer than that. So... Yeah, it's a good point about your Red Elephant show, because I've been following that for the past few years. And from what I've gathered, you moved to Idaho not too long ago. What prompted you to make the move there? It was mostly the COVID, the COVID stuff. I mean, that, that's like what was the final straw for us. Um, a lot of that stuff ended up going away, but I'm, I'm way happier here. I mean, it's just so much freer here. You have, you know, the gun laws here, which are amazing compared to what it was in California. Just being around like-minded people, you know, you walk into a supermarket out here and you have like the cashiers talking about like Dr. Fauci and how like there's, <laughs> there's snake <laughs> venom in the vaccines and like, like stuff like that. Like, it's just so awesome living out here. And then to top it all off, like the winter time is pretty harsh. But the summertime is amazing. The summertime is amazing out here. I haven't stopped doing things since like summer began. I mean, I'm either like golfing or shooting or playing frisbee golf or going camping or going to, to a lake and going fishing. I mean, there's just tons of stuff to do out here. And it's not like a liberal shithole. And it's like a conservative utopia. So I love it here. No regrets. Yeah, I could imagine. I see like the definitely like the appeal of like a lot of these parts of like the inner northwest because they're pretty homogenous areas that are very red and culturally conservative. And a lot of the policies that they pass as well do repel not just like your typical like leftist transplants, but also these woke corporations, which is a good thing because that keeps those areas pristine. Now, in your time in Idaho, have you noticed similar-minded people moving to the state, and have you encountered fans of your show over there? Yeah, I think a lot of the people moving here are conservative. I've been stopped out here more than any place ever. I mean, it seems like once a week at least, uh, someone is like, hey, I watch your show or whatever, and that just tells me that there's a lot of like-minded people around that's great to hear. What parts of like Idaho are most people like moving to? I think mostly uh, they're moving around Boise, but I, I live up in North Idaho. So this is, you know, a lot of people are moving up here to Coeur d'Alene area. 
Now, would you say that you're pretty engaged with like the state and local political scene in Idaho? I plead the fifth on that. But yeah, I, I am. I'm active. Let's just say that I'm very active. Awesome. Now, yeah, we know like Idaho is like a pretty like solidly like red state. But even then with a lot of these like red states, because I, I live in like Texas, it's no guarantee that you'll get like the policies that you desire, like right off the bat, you have to obviously put pressure like grassroots activists and all of that. How would you describe like the average like Republican in the Idaho state legislature? In the Idaho state legislature? Well, after this last election, I mean, it's a, a lot better than, uh, than it was. It was, it was pretty good. I, I'd say there's a lot of like, there was still a lot of like rhinos in there, but a lot of them we got rid of. A lot of them we got rid of and like without saying too much, I was at this, this event, I think it was a couple of months ago or whatever. It was, it was before the, the primary election. And, um, you know, there's like these normal people, just normal human beings, just normal people. And, you know, they pull up in their rusty old pickup truck. And some of these people won. Some of these people are now in the, in the state house and, you know, they're still driving around the same old rusty old pickup truck. And it, it's just awesome to see. It's just awesome to see normal, everyday human beings get uh, get into positions of power. And, and people who are a, a lot more conservative than the ones that, uh, that were there to begin with, the ones that they're replacing. So it's uh, the state legislature is just getting better with every election. I can't wait to see what happens this, uh, this next election. Yeah, that's a good sign whenever you see like the salt of the earth and just like everyday people that you can relate with, like be in office, because whenever you have a bunch of like these like professional managerial class types and like elite types in office, you know, from like the jump that there's going to be a huge disconnect and they're going to like pursue a lot of policies that are like far from conservative. So, right. Yeah, that's like actually like really good to hear. Now, what would you say, like, are the biggest issues that people are discussing about, like, in Idaho these days? Biggest issues in Idaho? Yeah. You know, the whole COVID thing is pretty much over here. I mean, there's no, there's, like, none of these restrictions left. Uh, aside from, I think, the whole, maybe the vaccine is, mandate is still in place for, like, hospital workers or something. But I could even be wrong on that. So that was like the biggest issue. That was like the most pressing issue when I first got here. I think it was like a day after I arrived, I attended one of the local protests here. Outside of that, I, I mean, probably I would say, you know, keeping North Idaho the way that it is, keeping North Idaho, North Idaho and, and, and preventing it from turning into what Boise is almost turning into. And, and certainly what like Portland is or what Seattle is or what California is that that's like probably in the front of people's minds. And then obviously you have the, the, the national issues that are affecting us individual people here, you know, like inflation and gas prices and, and food prices and, and, and these sorts of the economy, uh, their 401ks, these sorts of things, you know, certainly top on their priority list as well. How blue is Boise compared to like the rest of the state? Compared to the rest of the state, very blue. But uh, Boise, Atta County, I still think is uh, leaning conservative still. And now with all these people that, that moved here over the past year, I think it will get redder. And 
hopefully we can get some of these people out, like the Boise mayor, some of these like liberal lesbians, some of these people that are in positions of power in Boise. Hopefully people begin to wake up and, and get out there and, and become active because a lot of these people win because no one is paying attention, right? People become complacent in a place like this because they think that it's just going to remain like this forever. Coming from California, uh, putting up a, a, an American flag was like a political statement. And, and you can tell, you know, who was a conservative by, by like the American flag outside of their home. Yeah. Out here, <laughs> people don't even put up American flags because it's just like everyone. It's just like, okay, that's the thing. That's, that's who we are. That, that's what we are. We're, we're conservative out here. And so people get like really complacent and they allow these people to sort of like slip through the cracks. The mayor of Coeur d'Alene, for instance, I mean, this guy's a total like liberal in disguise, you know, hopefully he's gone soon. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that people need. I think people need to start paying attention more. And I think that I think that they got the message. I think that after this last year, I think they got the message and I think people are going to be a, a lot more engaged than, than they were before. Yeah, good to hear. Now, I've noticed a trend in a lot of red states where the legislature is absolutely on point when it comes to policymaking and listening to the grassroots. But when you start looking at the federal congressional delegation and especially the senators, it's a different story. Oftentimes, these people are much more establishment or establishment adjacent. Is that the case with Idaho or are their federal officials pretty solid? So you're talking about like the state senators and the like the U.S. senator and the U.S. congressman. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Like the two senators we have here are Jim Risch and Mike Crapo, and they're completely useless. I mean, they're <laughs> they're less than useless. I mean, they're they're terrible. We'll see what happens, though, in November. Are they facing like like legit, like America first primary challenges. I think Crapo is going up against, I mean, to be honest that his challengers, I, I don't know much about them. Uh, we don't know much about them. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens here. But, um, Crapo won his primary. So, and May 17, 2022, I guess we're going to be stuck with Crapo again. So, yeah. Yeah, the the senators uh, not not something right home about, but uh, the state legislature getting really good, been getting really good. Yeah, that's usually like the trend. Like, yeah, you see that even like in Texas too. Like, you have like, like totally like crappy like John Cornyn, who pretty much sold out on Second Amendment and is always like doing like these backdoor deals for mass migration. But like the rest of the legislature has gotten like much more disciplined, but a lot of that stuff is just like a matter of holding these politicians feet to the fire and with time they'll realign. Now, are there a lot of um, neocon and Israel first types in like Idaho politics, both like the state and like the federal level? Uh, I'm sure there is yeah. for sure out here in North Idaho. I, I don't think that you know, as far as like the local politics are concerned, I don't think that that's the case. I mean, maybe like a few, but nothing that sticks out to me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you go to like these local meetings and you'll see like a guy with like an, like an Israel flag on his hat or whatever, but it's like, but it's like one guy. So North Idaho is not representative of, you know, most of the politics of Idaho, which is unfortunate, but we're trying to change that. So 
So yeah, like in your um, obviously, you have like some of like the political stuff you do like under wraps, but like broadly speaking, based on your time like observing and participating like in, in Idaho politics, like what major lessons have you learned that other people should take into account when getting into politics? I think certainly your your local Republican Central Committee is is very important. Your local county Republican Central Committee is is super important. If you're looking to get involved in politics, start there. Find out who's involved in your county Republican Central Committee. Find out where they meet every month and go to those meetings every month. And then try to become a precinct captain. And then try to get other people that you know in the area that are aware of the information that we're aware of to become precinct captains as well. And then once you get enough of you guys in the county committee, then you have the votes. Then you have the votes to pass resolutions. You can completely transform your local Republican county central committee. And this is a lot of power, right? This is a lot, this is a lot of power. For us out here in, in North Idaho, the, the Republican central committee they instituted this this thing that you know the media freaks out about. It's like a rating and vetting system, and we have a big problem out here where Democrats will switch parties and they'll vote in the Republican primary and they'll vote for like yes. the 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 Rhino and and like try to win elections that way. And so what they and and run for office as well. And so what they do is they vet people, they rate and they vet candidates, whether it be a candidate for the Central Committee or a candidate for a state house or, or mayor, whatever the case may be, governor, whatever the case may be, they'll rate and vet them. And then they'll suggest, uh, they'll recommend certain people based on their rating and vetting system. And this goes all throughout local politics and all throughout state politics. And last election during the primary election, based on the recommendations of the Kootenai County Republican Central Committee, we had a hundred percent success rate. So every single person that we recommended, that the Kootenai County Republican Central Committee recommended, rather, not we, that they recommended, won their election in Kootenai County. So if, if we can somehow mirror this in every single county, we don't have to worry about state elections. You understand? So if, yes. if we have 100% if the candidates they, that they recommended, 100% of them won in Kootenai County, not necessarily the rest of the state, but in Kootenai County. If you can do that in every county, you don't have to worry about statewide elections. So you sort of like uh, you sort of like do it a piece at a time. We actually have a, a good article about this up on dailyverocity.com. Yep. Feel free to share that with me because I, I will post that on the show notes because that kind of stuff is very useful. And I'm big into giving people like the game about how to be effective in politics. It's called uh, One County in Idaho is Considered the Last Stand for Conservatives Urging Others to Follow Their Lead. And so they urge other counties to follow, you know, what they did there. Fantastic stuff. I, I will uh, share that on the show notes afterwards. Now, a lot of like these red states that are pretty hospitable, have like high living standards, low crime and all that. They're obviously like a magnet for people across the nation to move to. And sometimes you will not just attract like conservatives, but also people that are fleeing like blue states. And your time here, have you noticed a lot of people from blue states and also even like woke corporations like set up shop in Idaho? Well, there's they certainly try. 
there's uh, there's this thing called the Human Rights Education Commission or something here in Coeur d'Alene. They hate me. Uh, they talk <laughs> about me all the time. But uh, this is a this is like a left wing. You go you go past their place in downtown Coeur d'Alene. They're like leasing the building, and they there's some like shift. There's some like shady shit that they do. That hopefully you know hopefully soon their lease will get taken away. That would be awesome. But they got their money from suing like the Aryan nation here back in like the eighties. And I guess there's like this whole big story and everyone tells it different. You can never really find out the truth about what happened. And you certainly can't find the truth from the media about what happened. But apparently there was like some native American woman who is driving her car past like the land where the Aryan nation was. And according to the locals, you know, her muffler popped. And so they thought it was like a, a gunshot or something. And they went and like they drove behind her. Now, this Native American in air quotes, I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see me. This Native American woman, apparently, uh, was actually, if you look at her, she looks white. You can't even tell that she's Native, that she's Native American, or maybe she has like 2% Native blood or something. <laughs> native, and that's a stupid word. Liz anyway. Warren before but, Liz um, Warren. Yeah, Liz Warren, like a Liz Warren, like Elizabeth Warren before Elizabeth Warren. And uh, so they called this like a big racist thing and like they sued the Aryan nation and they got all this money. And so they're able to build like this very homosexual, very gay, very liberal uh, human rights education commission in uh, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where they like, I don't know, where they do whatever they do there, butt sex or I don't even know what they do inside <laughs> the doors of the human rights <laughs> education yeah. commission. But they have like the, you know, they host like the drag story hours and the. Uh, Lord. The, the Coeur d'Alene Pride event that happened recently. So, oh Lord, have mercy. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of like human rights, because anytime you see some of those organizations, they're obviously going to like be boosting mass migration. How big of an issue is illegal immigration in Idaho? I don't know. I, I don't. Maybe like down south, maybe like Boise, they have like some problems there. But I, I mean, I've been to Boise a couple times uh, so far, two times, and I haven't really seen any of it. There's like some Mexicans, but most of yeah. them are don't even have an accent. I don't even see any Mexicans up here. <laughs> up here, there's like none. So I I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a huge issue, but some people do. I guess I don't know. Maybe I just don't know enough. Yeah, I mean, some of the, like, uh, I have noticed this, though. Or are you talking about illegal immigration from, like, Californians to, like, Idaho? Maybe that's what you're talking about. That's a huge <laughs> problem. And I'm one of the people. Yeah. So a lot of people don't like that. What, regardless of your political beliefs, I think a lot of people aren't aren't too fond of, uh, you know, their housing prices going up, like, two yeah. grand. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Like, yeah, there, there comes, like, a point to, like, where... Like, it's not ju um, just, like, a red versus, like, blue thing. It's, like, kind of, like, an identity thing. If you just have, like, a lot of people coming from, like, a different area or like just, like, a different culture and they just come in large numbers, it can, like, create a lot of, like, weird socioeconomic effects. But gun to my head, I obviously would prefer, like, somebody from, like, a red state that's, like, has, like, the right views, like, lifestyle and, like, all that. But... Right. Yeah, though, um, as I was... Um, I have noticed in a lot of like these like really just like uh, homogenous states that there is like a fetish among the mass migration crowd to use like they tap into like the, those NGO networks to resettle 
refugees and just like all manner of migrants just to diversify the state. Have there been like recently any controversies of that nature in Idaho? Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, after the whole Afghanistan thing, there was um, apparently there was like some Muslims that came to like Boise. And I think that they were uh, helped settled here by this group called the International Rescue Committee. So I, I believe that uh, 400 last year. When was that whole thing? When did that whole thing happen? The Afghanistan thing that was in at the end of last year, or was it? Yeah, I think it was like August or like September. I think it was in 2021. The, the, yeah. the last numbers I saw was uh, 400 Afghan refugees uh, resettle in Idaho 2021. So, yeah, not a not a huge number, but yeah, you know, yeah. it starts as a trickle, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's how you like adapt. That's like what's happened in like, I think uh, what's it called like Maine, uh, Lewistown or whatever it's called that. Lewiston. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's how like like they do it, but yeah, like people have to like remain vigilant about that because yeah, these people they are pretty committed to electing a new people. So yeah, just um, uh, cap this off. Like you, you obviously like lived in California so for like some time and had to put up with like the political BS there. If you had like one piece of advice to any like America first people who are stuck in blue states, what would it be? I don't know. I mean, it just it depends on the state that you live in. You know, some people don't like to hear, well, it's time to get out. It's time to get out. But I, what I will say is that you should leave the cities. If you can, you should be out of the cities at the very least. Like if you want to resettle in a suburb somewhere nearby, that's fine. You know, a rural area, whatever, but you should be out of the cities at least. Um, I would like to see these people come. Like, if you're like a Californian, I would like to see you come here. That would be nice. I mean, we can boost your numbers here. Places like California, you know, a lot of people say, no, we should, but we can, sh we should stay and fight because eventually there's not going to be, you know, another place to run to, which is true. There's not going to be another place to run to eventually unless we stay and fight. But there are certain places that are like way too far gone. Like <laughs> there yeah, are certain places where it's never coming back. It's never going to turn back red. So you might as well use your, uh, use the strength and numbers in other places. Yep. Agreed. That, that's like the harsh reality in a lot of states. They've become like Democrat ghettos and there's like no way they're coming back. So yeah, visit. This is a great place to wrap things up. But before we leave, uh, plug your content. Yeah, dailyveracity.com. You'll be able to find everything uh, up there. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And with that, El Nino has spoken.